Welcome to the Calvary Assembly Podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, if you would. We've been going through a series called In Christ, and we're just looking at the book of Ephesians passage by passage. And uh, a couple weeks ago, we started off just talking about the fact that we were chosen. Paul said we were chosen in Christ. We didn't pick Jesus. Jesus picked us. And he picked all of us to be in relationship with him. And he picked everyone who doesn't yet know him. And that's why we're here, to help people find him. And then uh, the next week, we talked about Paul's prayer. Paul prayed that we would grow in our understanding of Jesus, that we'd get to know him better. And so we talked about that, how we can grow in that. Today we're going to talk about the fact that we are alive in Christ. I read a story about a guy who got in a taxi. He was riding along and he wanted to talk to the driver. So he reached up and tapped the driver on the shoulder and the driver screamed and he swerved off the road and ran over a mailbox and uh, came to a stop about this far from the window of a business. And the guy said, man, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. And the driver said, no, it's not your fault. This is my First day driving a taxi. I've been driving a hearse for the last 25 years. <laughs> so, driving a hearse, you don't expect to get tapped on the shoulder, right? Because what do dead people do? Nothing. They're dead, right? And I, I know this is a huge truth, but you can't get more dead than dead. I mean, I know there's a great movie called The Princess of Bride where a guy was mostly dead, but in real life, if you're dead, you're dead, right? You're dead. Uh, and so Paul here is talking about how we are made alive in Christ. So if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 2 is where we're going to go today. If you have the YouVersion Bible app, uh, the notes are all there in that. If you go to that more and then events, the notes and the verses are all there. So Ephesians chapter 2, starting verse 1, Paul says, Once you were what? Dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Who did he say was dead? You, everyone reading, which is us, right? We were all at one point spiritually dead because of our what? Our disobedience and sins. You used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He's the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us, who? All of us used to live that way following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, if you, have, if you underline or highlight, you might put that underline there. Because of our very nature, the nature, the sinful nature inside of us, by our very nature, we were subject to God's anger just like everyone else. Do you hear a theme here? Paul's saying we were all dead just like everybody else. We were all in the same boat. We were all in the same place. We were all spiritually dead at one point. But here's two of the greatest words in Scripture. But God. God saw where we were, that we were dead in our sinful nature, and he stepped in to do something about it. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us what? Life. He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And listen to this little parenthetical thing he puts in here. It's only by God's grace that you've been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united 
in Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in future ages as examples of his, the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he's done for us who are united in Christ. God saved you by his what? Grace, not by the good things we've done. He didn't save us because of our family position or our social status or our financial position. He saved us by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's, here's another underlinable word here, masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus. We can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Lord, I pray this morning you would sink this word deep into our hearts. Lord, that we were once dead but we are alive in Christ. And if, Lord, if there are any of us here watching or listening at home, any of us in this room that haven't made that decision, Lord, today would you help us to make that decision to be alive in Christ. And, Lord, those of us who have, help us to understand our life in you and to carry that out. Speak to us today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul said that we were all once dead, dead in our sins. So what was our previous spiritual condition? Well, we were spiritually dead, right? Deep, deep thought this morning. <laughs> we were dead. We were dead in our sins. And spiritually dead means spiritually separated. When Paul says we were spiritually dead, he means we were separated from God before. We were spiritually dead. I love this. I found a quote. Uh, this is one of the commentaries I use. He says, The unbeliever, the person who doesn't know Jesus, is not sick. He's dead. He doesn't need resuscitation. He needs resurrection. I love that line. All lost sinners are dead, and the only difference between one sinner and another is the state of decay. The lost derelict on Skid Row may be more decayed hourly than the unsafe society leader, but both are dead in sin, and one corpse can't be more dead than another. This means that our world is one vast graveyard filled with people who are dead while they live. Guys, everywhere we look, we see people who are spiritually dead. And guess what? We were there too. And that's the thing, guys. It's so easy to look at people and say, well, they're, you know, they're a good person. Yeah, they probably are. Most of us were good people before we came to Jesus, except that we were spiritually dead. And that's why it took so long for me to come to Christ, because I thought I was a good person, right? I didn't do the same stuff other people at school did. I didn't do the same stuff people at work did, so I thought, I'm okay. And guys, you know who some of the hardest people to reach for Jesus are? Good people. The ones who were good. The ones who were like, well, I'm doing all the right things. Yeah, but you need Jesus because of your sinful nature, just like we all did. So we have to remember that a person can't be more dead than dead. A corpse is dead. It's just how decayed they are, right? And I know that's a great thought at 1030 on a Sunday morning, but the only difference between a spiritually lost person and a spiritually found person is Jesus, but God, right? And so we were all dead because of that. And you know, one of Satan's best tricks is not necessarily to make us horrible people, but to give us a false sense of security, he doesn't necessarily make us all murderers. He doesn't necessarily make us all that. It's, he makes us think we're okay. And I used to be a prison guard before we came here. Amy and I pastored a small church in Colorado, and the only industry in the area was prisons. And so I worked there as a correctional officer in a men's 
medium security prison. And when I went there, I thought they were all just horrible people. You know, I just thought everybody, you know, they're just all the worst of the worst. And when I got in there, you know what I found out? There's a whole lot of really nice people in prison. A whole lot of really good people that just made one bad decision and they ended up there. And I realized the only difference between that guy and me is Jesus. And there are some of them who are Christians, who are great. You know, they're preaching to their cellmates. They're running Bible studies. The only difference between them and me was one decision. And guys, that's so many times we, we forget where we came from. We think, I'm better than that guy. No, it's only God's grace but God. So we were all spiritually dead, and we were dead due to our disobedience. Disobedience is what caused the very first sin in the Garden of Eden that allowed sin into the world. What did God tell Adam and Eve? You can eat anything you want except this one tree. And what did Satan do? He came up and said, you can. He's just, he doesn't want you to know what he knows. Did he really say that? Did he really? Disobedience was what caused the very first one. And guys, that's what caused every one of us at some point to sin. And this is our nature, right? This is that sinful nature that's born into all of us. And if you don't believe it's there, go work in the preschool class for about a week. Right? Do you have to teach kids to be selfish? It is born into them, isn't it? What's the very first word most kids learn? No or mine, right? <laughs> no, mine. And so it's all inside of us. And, and there was one author I was reading when I was researching this. He said there are three real things that cause us to disobey God. And I, I like this. The first was the world. The world puts pressure on us to conform, doesn't it? That's why Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he said, Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The world wants us to be just like everybody else. And that's why if you watch TV, if you listen to commercials, what are they trying to do? Make you feel like you're missing out if you don't buy what they have, right? That's the trick. And so it tries to make us conform to everyone else. And so when we try to conform, we begin to disobey. And when we didn't know Jesus, we were conformed to the world. Paul actually said when we were dead in our disobedience, we were serving who? Satan, the devil. And most of us say, I wasn't serving the devil. Well, really, one or the other, right? There's no in between. And so, and it's not that we were like worshiping Satan. It's not that we were serving him necessarily out of what we were doing. It's just the fact that we didn't know Christ yet. And we were following that sinful nature that was inside of us. We were just kind of flowing, going along with the flow. He said the second was the devil. And that's, he wants to influence people through associations, through thoughts, through input. And then our sinful nature that was born in us is the other thing. The world, the devil, and our sinful nature. We were born because of Adam and Eve's sin in the garden. We were born with a sinful nature that tells us to go against everything God wants. And, and we still fight that, don't we? we? We give our lives to Christ, we're forgiven, but that sinful nature is still kind of right there in the background, isn't it? When we want it, Paul even said, when I want to do good, bad is right there with me trying to get me to do it. If I'm given the choice between one or the other, my first inclination is usually to do the wrong thing. And it's just as we get to know Jesus better that kind of comes out. But we see it in nature. What does a dog do? A dog acts like a what? A dog because it's its nature. What does a cat do? Evil because it's its nature, right? A cat's every inclination is evil. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, not really. But so I, get, I have a little dog. It's like six pounds, you know, of 
pure terror. And so I give my dog a bath. I spend 20 minutes giving a bath. I dry it off. I comb its coat out. What is the very first thing it does when it goes out in the backyard? It rolls in the most disgusting thing it can find, right? It finds something dead, and it rolls in it, and it comes back, and it smells worse than it did before the bath. Why? Because it's its nature. It's just what's into it. It doesn't sit there and think, you know, he spent 20 minutes. I should probably stay clean for at least a day. No, it's like, ooh, that's horrible. Let me roll in it. That's a dog's nature, right? They just followed their nature. And, guys, before we knew Jesus, we weren't necessarily bad people. We were following that sinful nature that was separated from God, and we were spiritually dead. He said we were due, dead due to our disobedience, and we were dead due to our many sins. Paul says we followed the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. There are a lot of people who don't know Jesus that are great people that do good things, but they just don't know him yet, and they still need to know him. And that's why we're here, guys. That's why we said it's on, our, it's on the outside of our door here. It's on our shirts. It's on our letterhead, everything, to give people opportunities to encounter Christ and experience life change. That's why we're here. That's why all of us are here, because someone led us to Christ and helped us encounter him and experience that life change. Many of us had people praying for us for years before we came to know Jesus. And so we need to carry that to others. We were dead because of the sins in us. We were separated from him. But then those two great words, but God. He saw us in our disobedience. He saw us in our sin, and he came to us. So what did God do for us? Well, first, he loved us. 1 John 4, 8, what does it say? Anyone who doesn't love doesn't know God because God is love. It's part of who he is. He loved us. Even though we didn't deserve it, he loved us. And in your notes there, I put a couple words there. There's God's attributes, the ones that are part of who he is we call intrinsic or absolute attributes. God is love. That's who he is. But then when he came to us, there's this other attribute, a relative attribute, how he relates. And when God's love found us, it became grace and mercy because of who he is. He loved us even when we didn't deserve it. Verses 4 and 5 says, Because God's so rich in mercy, he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. And it's only by God's what? Grace that you've been saved. God's grace, that undeserved favor, came to us. And, you know, we talk about mercy a lot. Mercy really is when God doesn't give us what we deserve. Because we deserve what? Death. Death, right? You know, if you break the law, you break the law. If you ask a police officer, said, well, I just broke a little law, they still say what? You still broke the law, right? It's still there. And so we deserve death. So in his mercy, he doesn't give us what we deserve. And in his grace, he gives us what we don't deserve. In his mercy, he doesn't give us what we deserve. But in his grace, he gives us what we don't. And that's forgiveness. Because he loved us. So he loved us. And then he made us alive. You know, in the Gospels, there's three times where Jesus resurrected somebody. He made us alive. He came across the widow's son in Luke chapter 7. He raised him. Jairus was a Roman centurion, and his daughter had died, and Jesus resurrected her from a distance because he had faith. And then his friend Lazarus, who'd been in the tomb, he... But then, when Jesus died on the cross, it said he, he said, it is finished. 
And the curtain was torn, and then a whole bunch of people popped out of their graves and went and walked around. That's in Matthew chapter 27. That would have been really fun to watch, wouldn't it? Like, what's my uncle doing? He's dead. You know, he's walking around. But he resurrected people. But then, when he ascended into heaven, when we came to know him, he did what? He resurrected us spiritually. We're now alive because of him. That same power, Paul said, that raised Jesus from the dead made us alive when we believed. He united us in him. And so he made us alive. Not because of the good things we've done, but simply because of his grace and his mercy. And I know a lot of you guys are saying this is pretty elemental. This is, this is pretty basic. But here's the thing, guys. One of the biggest dangers for those of us who've known Jesus for a while is to forget where we came from. To forget that we were spiritually dead at one point. And then this thing creeps in called spiritual pride. We forget that we were all dead at one point and that now we're alive because of his grace. And we can forget. We become self-righteous and forget that we were once dead just like everybody else. And guys, this is one of the biggest things that keeps people from finding Jesus. It's not that they have something wrong with Christ. It's that they don't like Christians. Someone has come across and said, well, you don't deserve grace. And we don't say that. You know, we would never come up and say, oh, you don't deserve to go to heaven. But it's the way that we act sometimes. We forget. And here's the thing, guys. As Christians, sometimes we substitute absolute biblical convictions with our preferences, what I want. You know one of the biggest things that splits churches, that people leave churches for? Their preferences. I don't like the songs you sing, so I'm going to take my toys and go somewhere else. I don't like the temperature, or I don't like the chairs, or I don't like the color of the walls, and so I'm going to leave. And people leave churches, it's not, you know, if someone leaves a church because they're preaching false things, that's great. But when we leave because we don't like a song, what, we're, what are we doing? We're putting our preferences in place of what truth is. And that's what happens when we forget where we came from. Right? God saved us by his grace. He says, you can't take credit for that. It was grace. And so we need to remember where we came from so that we can reach others who are where we used to be. We need to remember where we came from, that we were all dead in our sins, just like all those people who do bad things or good things or whatever and just don't know Jesus yet. That's why God put us here, to reach them. So he loved us. He made us alive, and then he kept us. He says that, Paul said that he wants to point to us as examples of his grace. He wants to point to you. And to me, as examples of his grace. Hey, you know, remember how you used to be like that? (laughs) And you know you're not? Look at what God can do. And guys, I tell you, one of the things when I became a Christian, that's one of the things I looked at was, I looked at these people and said, look at how they live. Look at how they live. It's so different from the way that I live. I want to live that way. I want to have that freedom. I want to have that peace. I want to have that in my life. And that's what Jesus does. He gives us that so we can take it to others. So here's the big thing I want to get to today. What does God do through us? He uses our good works. Paul said in verse 9, God saved you by his grace when you believe, and you can't take credit for it. And then salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done, so none of us can boast. And look at what he says in verse 10. For we are God's 
masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the what? Good things he prepared in advance for us. The good things he prepared for us long ago. He uses our good works. And good works aren't the source of salvation. They're not how I gave my life to Jesus. They're a result of that. Because of what God has done in me, now I want to go and do good things for him. Now that God has, has saved you, has changed you, has made you new in Christ, now you want to go and do that for somebody else. You want to share that with other people. And that's why. That's why. Because of our relationship with Christ, we do those. And he says that God prepared you in advance to do good things. God has given you gifts and abilities. He's given me gifts and abilities that we're supposed to use to carry the gospel to others. Some of you are incredibly patient people. God has crafted you to work in a preschool class. <laughs> or junior high ministry. One of the two. God has given you compassion to help those in need. God has crafted some of you with singing ability, with speaking ability. God has given some of you the ability to do incredible hard labor. God has given you some of, some of you the ability to see through people's facades and see who they really are. So we're supposed to take those gifts and abilities and use them. And I love that word, masterpiece, that Paul used. You know that, that, what that Greek word really means? It's like a poem, something that someone has crafted and put together. Paul is saying God created you in advance, lovingly and painstakingly. One of the Psalms says that he knit us together in our mother's womb. You are not an accident. Your gift and abilities is not an accident. The way God put you together, and I know, guys, sometimes it's so easy to compare ourselves with others, think, man, I wish I had that ability, or I wish I had this, or I wish I looked this way, or I wish I still had hair, you know, whatever those things are. It's easy to look at that, but God made us exactly how he wants us. He, when he made you, he put specific things inside of you. He put those abilities in you to do those things. So don't compare yourself to someone else. Become the best version of who God made you to be that he can use. He wants to use your, your time and your talents and your treasures, the things he's given you. He wants to use those things to further his kingdom. And guys, there are so many places you can get plugged in in church. There are so many places you can get plugged in in other ministries. Guys, there are so many things God can do through those giftings and abilities that he has given you. And I'll be really transparent, guys. For a long time, I really struggle with this because I don't have the normal gift mix that a lot of other pastors have. <laughs> People are like, you're really different. And I started taking that as a compliment. I'm like, thank you, I, I think. I don't know. You know, but they, and I kept thinking, well, how could God ever use me? I'm not that person. And then, you know, God finally said, quit comparing yourself and just use what I've given you. And that's what he wants to do with you. Guys, that place where your interests and your passion mixes with your abilities is that sweet spot God wants to use you in. The things that you love to do and the things you're good at, when you find that intersection, that's where God can use you. Guys, some of you are just really good helpers. God can use that. We need behind-the-scenes people. They're willing to run a computer or a soundboard or a video camera or work in a preschool class or change diapers in the nursery or, or teach Sunday school. We had a, a lady at one of our churches, and, and she's since passed, just a, a sweet, sweet lady. You know what her gift was? Helping. 
And that lady would come to the church every week. We did a feeding deal on Wednesdays for teenagers because we had a lot of teenagers that couldn't go home after school and they were starving. So we started feeding them after church or before church on Wednesday night. And this lady would come every week and make sure the cups were full, the napkins were full, the plates were full. If we need them, she'd run to the store and get more. She made sure she came in and started helping some in the kitchen. And she said, I don't want credit. I want people to even know I'm here. But that was her gift. You know, how many students came and ended up finding Jesus because they were just coming somewhere to get fed? And she helped by filling the cups. And she was, she was about this tall. I mean, she was this little tiny thing. And she had to get a stick to get the cups down off the top, you know. And, little, and it was so fun to watch. But that time, we didn't know she was there. She would come in, and she would go out really quietly, and she would make food. I mean, she just did all those things because she said, this is something I'm good at, Pastor. I want to use this. Perfect. Use the things God has given you. So some of you are here and you're saying, you know, I, I don't know quite where I would fit. Start praying and say, Lord, show me what I'm good at. Show me what you want to do with me. What, show me what you want to do through me. And sometimes God will do it. He'll just, you know, bring it to memory. Sometimes God's going to send a person your way and say, hey, would you help with, with this? Would you consider helping with this? And the place you hear people compliment you on a lot, hey, you're, you know, you're, you're good at that. You're good at this. So he uses our gifts and our abilities. And last, he uses his plan. He uses his plan for us. God works through us in his good plan, in his timing. <laughs> and that timing, that word really chafes us a lot. Because especially as Americans, we like things when? Now. Right? I don't know if you ever order from Amazon. <clears throat> You know, like they're really good at this. They'll say, you know, you can get it on this day for free or upgrade the shipping for $5 more and, you know, get it tomorrow. And I, 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 I don't really need it tomorrow. You know, it's, it's so hard, isn't it? Because they know. We got an Instapot as a gift. I'm pretty sure it's witchcraft. I don't know how it cooks anything that fast. I, I still hardly use it because I'm like, there's got to be some kind of voodoo or black magic. Because there's no way you can cook a chicken in three minutes. I just cannot happen. <laughs> but why do they make those things? Why do they put all that work in to engineer that thing? Because we're impatient people. Impatient. And guys, God's plans sometimes take time. God's plans sometimes take longer than we think they should because he knows what he's doing. And guys, sometimes we've got to be patient. Sometimes we've got to allow him to work things behind the scene. And guys, sometimes God's plan takes months, years, decades. Some of you have been praying for someone to find Christ, and you've been praying and praying, and you haven't seen it yet. Don't give up because sometimes it takes time. Some of you have been saying, God, would you please use me? And you haven't found that spot yet. You will. Just keep volunteering. Keep waiting for doors to open. Some of you are saying, you know, I'm just, I'm so sick of the season that I'm in. Just wait it out. Because sometimes God has to teach us things. And, and sometimes we don't learn real fast, do we? Sometimes, you know, it, I, I remember Amy and I were in a season one time, and it was like a year and a half, and after like a month, I was like, okay, Lord, I learned my lesson. Let's go. And he's like, nope, not yet. <laughs> Got more. Got more. And it, it was forever. It was like the longest year and a half. felt like 10 years. But God was teaching us, and I wouldn't trade that now for the world. 
even though it was hard and it was difficult and it was trying, I realize all the time I look back and say, wow, look what God taught me during that time period. And guys, some of you, God is teaching you things and he's growing your faith because you said, Lord, I want to grow. And he said, okay. And he's growing your faith. He's growing your patience and your perseverance. So I'm going to ask the worship team if they would come up this morning. And guys, some of you just need to hear today that you are not an accident. The place you are is not an accident. God has placed you and has put you and he loves you. And he wants you to know that. He wants you to be alive in him. So would you stand this morning if you're physically able? Lord, I'm so thankful today for how much you love each and every one of us. And Lord, I thank you that once we were all spiritually dead. I don't know if there are any of us here today who are still in that state. We've never asked you to forgive our sins. We've never started a relationship with you. And we're still dead in our sins. Lord, would you show us that today we can be alive in Christ. We can be forgiven. We can be changed. Lord, if there are any of us here today who have allowed some of that spiritual pride to creep in, Lord, would you show us that today? Help us to, to get rid of that. Lord, if there are any of us here today who feel like an accident, we feel like, you know, when we say that word masterpiece, we feel like that applies to everyone else but not to us. Lord, would you show us how much you love us and how you created us with gifts and abilities and you crafted us. And Lord, if there's any of us here today who kind of feel useless, we feel like we don't really have a place to fit, Lord, would you begin to show us that place where our gifts and abilities and our passions lie and how we can use those to further your kingdom. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning, you say, you know, Pastor Rex, I'm in that state where you talked about, I haven't asked Christ to forgive my sins. I'm still spiritually dead. If I was to be really honest, I would say I'm, I'm far from God, but I want to change that today. I want to ask him to, to come into my life and to make me new. If, you, if that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? We want to pray with you this morning. Yeah. Anyone else? I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray with those who raise their hands and and this is just a simple prayer. This is just saying, you talking to the Lord and asking him to forgive your sins and to make you new in Christ. Would you repeat this prayer with me all over this room? Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your great love for me. Thank you for coming to this earth and dying in my place so I can be spiritually alive. And I admit that I've sinned, please forgive me. Please come into my life and make me new. Forgive my sins. Help me to live for you each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, guys, the Bible says if you prayed that prayer, you are a new creation. It says all the old is gone and you are new in Christ. That's amazing. That's it means you're alive in Christ. So if you prayed that prayer, would you come talk to me or one of them that are up here on the worship team? I'm going to talk to you about that. We have a book we want to give you. If you're here this morning, say, you know, Pastor Rex, I just need to know that I'm not an accident. I just need to know that God has a plan for me. And I know it in my head. I just need to get it in my heart. If that's you, just raise your hand. We just want to pray with you right where you're at. Yeah. If you're here today and say, you know, I just need to find my place. I just need to know that God has a spot for me. 
And I want to find that and get plugged in somewhere. If that's you, would you just raise your hand? I'm not taking notes. I'm not going to come find you about the nursery or anything. I'm just, I just want to pray with you. Yeah. And then last, if you're here today and say, you know, I just want to see people the way God sees them. It's so easy to let that kind of spiritual pride creep in. And I just really want to see people the way Jesus does. If that's you, yeah. Father, I just pray for all those that raise their hand. Lord, for those who need to know that they're not an accident, they're not forgotten, but they are your masterpiece, your creation. Lord, help them to see themselves through your eyes and the way that you love them. Father, I pray for those who, who need to find a spot to get plugged in. They want to find a way to use the gifts and abilities that you put inside of them to further your kingdom. Lord, help them to find that spot. And Lord, for those who want to see, help all of us to see people through your eyes, the way that you love them. Lord, give us the ability to see and the opportunities to share with those who need you. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to close out with a song. If you want prayer, if you have a need, you can come up to the front. Someone will meet you here. If you want to spend some time in God's presence, you can come up front. Someone will meet you up here and pray with you. Or you can pray on your own. So join us for this song.